Well, Tom, we love music and we're pretty pumped for this one. And I would say especially you, Tom, you uh, as a young boy crushing hard over these guys. We're joined by yes. Marcus Mumford from Mumford & Sons. Oh. And he's opening a Mentos. A little Mentos. You guys leave Mentos around. I'm going to yeah. get stuck in. A little chewy decimal oh, to start things yeah. off. Well done. And How's now, it going? Now we'll uh, listen to you chew. Uh, uh, I'll spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> you realize you're being rude. Well, I feel minty fresh now, so that's great. <laughs> we'll sell that on You're eBay, standing up, so I'm standing up. Okay. Yeah, up you get. Now, I want to hear about uh, the new single, Guiding Light, and the new album. But yeah. before that... Um, I was catching up on what you've been doing recently. Ohana Festival. Yeah. You you headlined. You were the big dogs. Eddie Vedder was also there. He's probably a bigger dog, but go on. Yeah, but it's a three-night festival. Yeah. First night was Eric Church, who we love for country oh. country rock singer. <laughs> yeah, in his truck. We love comedically <laughs> in a way. But, okay. And I've, then it was Eddie Vedder. The I've second never heard his music. No, he's, really it's, he's like a country guy who sings about his truck and picking okay. up chicks and yeah. beer. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Country. Okay. Right. Uh, so it was him, and then it was Eddie Vedder on the yeah. second night. Which I he, watched, which is unbelievable. Of course. And on the third night, you headlined. Agreed. I mean, in theory, that means you were the biggest dogs. No, yeah. it doesn't work like that. No? No, it doesn't what? work like that. Why not? We did the Sunday night at Glastonbury, but the Stones did Friday night. Okay. They're definitely bigger than okay. that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hard to argue. But there was a good three years where I was convinced we were bigger than the Rolling Stones. <laughs> well, um, when you, you had Eddie come on stage with you, and did. I've got some audio of what you said, actually. Oh, wow. Have a listen to this. And we're going to invite a man on stage with us. Uh, if you grew up wanting to be in a band... This is one of the most important men on the planet. And if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here. And we'd like to thank you for having us. And would you please welcome back to the stage, Mr. Eddie Vedder. Yes, you got him out. You played Jimi Hendrix all on the Watchtower. Amazing track. Agreed. When I say, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here. Not in terms of human beings, because that was in context. That was an Ohana festival, which he puts on, he promotes, he sets up the band, right. like the oh, line. I read it as bigger than that. Like, you, as a band, you exist Just because metaphysically. Of <laughs> no, yeah. But, but also, he's pretty important, isn't he? He is, yeah. he is. What is it like when you have guys like that who... What, what's it like transitioning from having your idols become somewhat counterparts or contemporaries? Well, we... I mean, it's bizarre, and in lots of ways kind of mind-blowing but it's also pretty awesome meeting someone like that and he's just completely down to earth and you see he's a shining example of how you can be good and be successful and not become a dickhead yeah and it was really cool we sat around afterwards in fact he gave me a zippo and he, and he carved his initials in it it was all quite oh no way. It was beautiful yeah and he was you know i think he he feels like he wants to hang out with younger bands and and sort of um insp you know be inspiring and be, be a mentor better. yeah and uh he was just awesome man yeah great Legend. and you named your guitar after him i did i just got a new 335 and we'd practice backstage together and uh it's a black 335 shiny I name, black i name all my guitars and that one is on stage. Eddie. You said, I think I'm going to name my guitar Eddie. Was that because he was on stage with you? And had you committed <laughs> no, it's to it? Because I realized it was the first time I was playing it live, and therefore I had to christen it. Yeah, well, it was being christened, so it needed yep. a name. And of course, I was stood next to Eddie Vedder. That sounds like a name drop, doesn't it? I stood next to <laughs> Eddie Vedder. <laughs> ah, there it is. <laughs> what, well, what are the names of for your other guitars? What, what are previous ooh, names? Good question. Had? I had twin girls, um, yeah. uh, which are Martin acoustic guitars, first twins I ever got. And they were called Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Can't tell them until, about <laughs> until until I, I, when I first started dating my wife, I had to tell her they were called Mary Kate and Ashley, and she was actually friends with Mary Kate and Ashley. That was really? a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Romulus and Remus for her or for for you? For me. I've got <laughs> I've got I've got two. I got one's called D'Artagnan. Then my first one's called D'Artagnan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Romulus and Remus, another twin set. Swanky. Johnny's one of the other ones. 
How many of these guitars feature on Sign No More, one of my favourite albums mm, of all time? D'Artagnan, D'Artagnan features on Sign No More quite heavily. Well, can we talk about that album? Because that, mm. that, was, that was massive. I mean... It was big here. It was oh, huge. Yeah. It was big. I mean, like, when we first came here, it was the first time we'd, we, we experienced people really liking our music outside of London. Well, maybe. Little like, Iron Man became number one in a different radio station's countdown, yeah. which is the hottest one. Never heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no idea what they're called. Yeah. yeah whatever. Mm-hmm. We've got our own countdown. It's better. Yeah. But um, it, 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 it was huge. Yeah. And to me, it sounded like one of those songs where a band bursts out with a new album and they're fresh. And that song sounded like the kind of thing you'd had. You, you know, working on for years and years. Is that true or did it come out like a normal no, song? It, we we wrote that song the year before it came out. So 2008 and we toured it for a while. Yeah. Just struck um, gold with it, didn't it? Yeah. It was, it's a good song. I, I can't listen to the recording now, but that often happens, I think, with recordings. <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. go back. Yeah. I've never listened to any of our albums back. Really? After what? we finish them. Because they're like obsessions, you know. You, you listen to them thousands of times in the studio. Yeah. Always constantly going back and editing and re-recording things and then mixing and then mastering and then once it's done it's out well with with little line man i mean it's got the f word quite quite a lot of times it's not an obvious single (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. i mean what's it like having a having a song where the f word features quite a 16 times times. (laughs) does that make it harder to get trying to write one with the c-bomb in it are you (laughs) oh my god i'm looking so much no, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think if anything proves that we weren't expecting any kind of commercial success, it's the fact that our first single had 16 F-bombs in it. Did you, did you like, play around with, you know, you really fluffed it up this time there's or anything no, like that? Sometimes there's just no other word. <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So You just really f***ed it up this time. Yeah. Didn't you? Oh, That's so it's hard because we can't play it on the radio, no. like, live and do, you know, sessions mm. with it. Well, you could just it. ameliorate it, change nah. it a little bit. Nah. No? Oh, no. Right, nah. Marcus Mumford, do you mind hanging around? We've got so much more to ask you. I have nothing else to do. <laughs> I flew Perfect. to Australia. I landed this morning and I live in 36 hours. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Basically came just to see you. So, yeah. yes, it's I haven't ju- got anything else. It's an exclusive. <laughs> or, or, or is it? Or no, is it? it's definitely not an exclusive. <laughs> Speaking of listening back to your albums, Delta, the new one. Yeah. You just recent, recently listened to this one back. Yeah, I have to. It's still my job to. You right did now, it, you did it at Apple, out. didn't you? Yeah, took it to Apple, played it to Zane low and who's an old mate of ours and um you know it's a lot it's an hour of music <laughs> <laughs> we both got adhd so we're sitting there on our phones like playing candy crush like, yeah. <laughs> anything but did it sound concentrate good when completely. you played it back with zane it did it sounded good it sounded good it's it's holding up well, and we finished mastering it like 10 days ago so we're still fresh and we're still you know playing it um to people like our label didn't hear it till it was done oh and they just they just heard it and yeah it's good it feels really good man i mean it's the most proud of anything we've ever done for me it's the most proud of amazing yeah, i'm the most proud of it yeah out of anything we've ever done there we go I'm quite jealous. Wow. uh and guiding and light we worked really hard i bet you did uh guiding lights uh, you've spoken about that that lead single being about uh, needing help finding help uh whether it's yourself in the band or, or friends as well I want to know, as a band that took off and was having such success in your 20s, did you ever find yourself with that fame and, and uh, all those possibilities being thrown at you? Did it get to you? Did, you? did you have a point where you had to go, hang on, I need to pull it back here. I'm friends. Yeah, pull for me sure. In. Yeah, for sure. I think each of us have had that moment. That's why I love being in a band. Yeah. Because we've all done exactly the same journey and we know each other so well that there's moments where it's like you can pull each other up and say, yeah. hang on a second, mate, you know. Did it get bad or is, are you guys... No, it tame? didn't get that bad. When You know, it didn't get that bad. But 
and I don't think you know no complaints ever right yeah. but um but certainly like it's been a bit more real the past few years in various ways for 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 all of us really just getting older well bank yeah i mean you know <clears throat> um i've seen yeah i've been the labor ward twice with babies being born my children being born since we released the last record and have been at the deathbed once and it's like that stuff feels like wild to me man. Wow. Yeah. and then when you multiply that by four because there's four of us in the band mm. we all write songs yeah then we're gonna end up writing songs about quite intense stuff it's like 12 yeah. years worth of human <laughs> yeah. experience to write songs about um but uh yeah no i think i think we we do all right we communicate quite well mm-hmm. we love each other very much and it sounds like you, that boring you, stuff. you've mentioned before that you know ego keeping in check is important you, you're aware of that definitely and how you treat people I'm yeah. sure there's people that think we're... In fact, I saw something on Twitter recently and I shouldn't have been looking, but I was. And it was some guy goes, goes um, thing about Mumford & Sons, I have it on good authority that they're complete wankers. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you can, I, sounds convincing. Wow. Well, you can see yeah. those complete wankers live. You guys are coming to Oz. Um, look, you're coming throughout January. You can get tickets. They're out tomorrow. Of course, the single Guiding Light is also out now. The album drops Delta out November 6th. 16, one of your most proudest work. Marcus Mumford, thank you so much for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Can we ask some a few more questions, Tom? Sorry. Uh, no, yeah. we've got one. We've got one minute left. Oh, I've been, been told, told to hurry on. Yes. Have we? Yes. I've, got, oh, I've now got 40 minutes to sit and do nothing, so I'd rather talk. <laughs> Marcus, uh, whether it's the band title Mumford & Sons or the lyrics, uh, song titles like Guiding Light, is there much of a religious or God-worshipping element to your songwriting I and to yourself? I don't know whether the band name has anything to do with that, does Well, it? old school feeling of, you know, that nostalgic back in the Mumford & Sons, the family business back in the day. Yeah. All those little things to me, and whether it's the four guys the Garden, doing... Yeah, Garden Light's definitely not about that. Um, Garden Light's about a person. But, um, Generally, do you write from a religious point of view? No. No, I don't. I think we all write from a spiritual, like we think about spiritual things just like anyone does. Mm. And that ends up like finding its way into our lyrics. Um, but it certainly doesn't feel like, yeah, it mm. doesn't feel like that's the identity of the band really. Yeah. Um, but I find it interesting to explore that stuff uh, lyrically as well. And I guess, you know, more universal themes. We're quite, you know, we're not that specific. You no. Know, you won't, you won't hear us think, hit, writing songs about going and picking up beer in our pickup truck, for example. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's, um, this is the perfect thing because I couldn't quite pinpoint a moment where it was clear that it, that was a thing, but I just, it sounded like it was dancing around spirituality and hmm. love and. Definitely. Mes- yeah, those kind of messages. Yeah, definitely. A lot about love. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I think it's, we, we either write about like really dark stuff or like love. Keep it light or heavy. We probably yeah. How did you end up um, collaborating with a Sengalese singer and percussionist? We met him through friends of ours in a band called The Very Best. Yeah, um, which is a Swedish DJ and um, a singer from um, Malawi, and they introduced us to Bubba, who came to one of our stopover festivals that we did in in Lewis in England, and. We met Bubba and he just felt like kindred spirit straight away. He came up to us and said, oh, I've got, I've got my own festival in Senegal. You guys should come. Wow. And Wynn went out and and saw it, came back and just said it was the most amazing week he'd experienced in a long time and said we should collaborate with Bubba. So we got Bubba down to the studio and we recorded together. We wrote that song, There Will Be Time, which came out on the Johannesburg mini album thing we did. Yeah. And then we went on tour to South Africa together. And then in December last year, he invited us to go to his <laughs> festival and play. So we did. Wow. It was a 12-hour drive from Dakar. 
which is the capital of Senegal, and it's like in the middle of the desert. Well, it's just below the Sahara Desert, yeah, well, on the other side of the river Senegal. And people from four different countries come, and there's a big regatta. And, oh, wow. And it's Bubba's hometown, which only got electricity like 10 years Sounds ago. Sounds like Burning Man in Africa. <laughs> yeah, I guess it is. I haven't done Burning Man, but yeah, I guess yeah. it is. And it's... um. It was just an unbelievable experience, and we played, and we took Maggie Rogers with it. We called Maggie Rogers up five days before we left and said, do you want to come? Oh, good. We called Swiss Beats up as well, and he said yes, and then didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing that that I noticed with your music, your voice is, is so beautiful. Um, we just heard you playing live, and it's, just, it's, it's so crisp. Is, playing in a place like that, does that affect your voice? Like playing near the Sahara Desert, did that change things yeah, at all? Yeah, we drank loads of water. Yeah. And quite a lot of tequila, <laughs> yeah, which we of took course. with us. Good. Um, but yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm told I have to look after it a bit better than I do. But really? I just sort of, when it, I, when it comes to voices, the people I know who have problems with their voices are the people that prang out about their voices all the time. <laughs> so I just think, mind over matter. Yeah. Don't be too precious and off you go. How do you look after your voice? Well, I don't. <laughs> don't. Don't smoke. Drink less. Sure. Speaking of bad voices, uh, not bad voices, but looking after voices, the Gallagher brothers, there's yeah. been some words spoken, I guess, on both sides. They've been a bit uh, dissing of you. We're a Triple M night show in Australia. Mm-hmm. Noel won't hear what you say. <laughs> what do you want to say back to Noel who says you're not a real guitar rock band? He's a real <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Gallagher's funny, man. Liam, I, I, we don't know Liam. I know Noel a bit, and he has been a hilarious person in my life. Yeah. Uh, my friend uh, Justin from The Vaccine says, you can't count yourself a real band until you've been slagged off by Noel Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, <it> seems <laughs> true. Which is true. And he did. He slagged us off, and then he said he, he wished he'd written The Cave. Oh. And so I offered, whether, I offered to swap it for Wonderwall. <laughs> uh, and he said no. And then I saw him at a bar in London, and I said to him, he said, what are you doing at the moment? This is like a year ago or something. I said, oh, man, you know, we've just finished touring and we're trying to get our heads around the next record and finding it hard to kind of write at the moment. So I've, I've just sort of stopped right, giving it a break. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> I went, well, I'm just giving it a break. You, know? you what, mate? He's like, you're a songwriter. What else are you doing? <laughs> he's like, how can you not be writing songs? I've got, I write songs every single day. And yeah, he's well, got that attitude. He works so hard, that guy. And yeah. I've got so much respect for him. They're not all great songs these days from Noel, but uh, he has lost it somewhat. So he's not actually a see you, see you next Tuesday. I love it. <laughs> can, I, can I ask about the cave, actually? Hmm. Because I don't know if you've ever heard of the, uh, I think it's Plato or Aristotle book, The Cave, or, or the little allegory about life and reality. That's what I thought The Cave was no. about. Is, this, is there anything to do with that? No. Oh, God. Uh, oh, it's a, a real shame. cave. No, there, no, there's a really interesting book. Uh, which is like a biography of Francis of Assisi by G.K. Chesterton. Okay. Which features a cave in it, which is really interesting to me. But no, we could talk about caves for a long time. Is that, is that what Chasm. the cave is about? Chasms. Chasms. But that's good though, because it means, Tom, you've found No, the cave is about a complete bitch. Right. So it's not anyway. a, like an, an old Aristotle allegory about, you know, the, the cave and, the, and there's shadows being no, projected on the walls and all. Okay. No, well, it does sound I'll, great though. I'll, I'll, no, I'll go into the corner. That's fine. I'll just sit by myself. Awesome. Well, yeah. it sounds like, by the way, it sounds like Noel is uh, ADHD just like you. He's, one day he hates you, one day he loves you he just says a lot doesn't he just he? says a lot of things <laughs> he just says a lot and i love it beautiful i love it i don't want the gallagher's out of my life yet I'm, I, I love them uh we can't wait for you to come back in january you're going all around the country you can get tickets tomorrow guiding light is out now the album delta out november 16 marcus mumford thank you so much thanks fellas thanks man nice.